I'm riding to pleasure. No, 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 no. I want that same thing you gave whoever you gave when you first walked in. That was Catherine. Yeah, I need that same thing. How you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you. Yes, ma'am. Good to see you. I'm a little hug it out too. There we go. Good to see you. This is Catherine. Okay. So, yeah. How you doing? I'm a champion. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Oh God. Hold up. Let me lick. Take a sip of cap pen in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling got me up. On the mission got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On this vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a sip of cap pen in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling got me up. On the mission got me up. We're back on the pivot. You know how it goes, man. Where you start and always where you finish. And sometimes where you finish is not the end. But today we got a special guest. This is Janet Kramer. She was on Dancing with the Stars, One Tree Hill. She's also a singer. Obviously, her most important job is being a mom. Um, and she'll tell us a little bit about that and the reason she made some certain decisions because of her babies. Uh, this is Freaky Freddy, right? I just like to say time out. Why Freaky? Mm. It just, it's been following me for a while now. Maybe a little What's bit a while, over a coach? year. <laughs> just over a year. Oh, just over a <laughs> year. We can get into it later, yeah. but right. he, he brought out Super Bowl Ryan. He's never introduced anyone like that. So what is it about you that brought the best out of him this morning? It was the hug, but That's what you. it was. It was the fact that when we <laughs> met, you embraced us, and you were like, you know what? The woman that we were being prepared to meet, you weren't that woman at all. And so Freaky Freddy, right? Yeah. He's going to... I just told him to retire that name <laughs> right, a few a, shows ago. Fred Taylor should be a Hall of Fame running back. We're going to keep pushing for that on this show. That's right. One of the best that's ever done it. But he doesn't give us a lot on the show, right? But when he does, everybody's hitting us up on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, he's so articulate. He's so smart. <laughs> what a deep thinker. And I'm like, nah, y'all, he's just quiet. Like, that don't mean that. And then we got Channing. Channing's job is not even comic relief. Because, like, most comic relief you find funny. Channing's job is basically making the show go off the rails and then making me and Fred and the guests pick it up and get it back going the right way. Pivot. Also, for our show, he's the, the small penis expert of the show. <laughs> Micropenis is what I like to call it. Micropenis. Micropenis. Because, okay. like, I don't want to, like, as long as you know how to use it, I, that's all that matters at the end of the that's day. Not, you know what? Jane, it's not the Jane. size of the boat. Jane, it's not it's the motion. The ocean. It's, it is not. In the ocean. It is. It's a little scary at first when you see a micro penis, but yeah. then you're like, I'll give you a shot. So doesn't small sound better than micro? No, micro's bad. I've, yeah. But micro is like yeah. organisms, little bitty. I know, but you know. You but dude, know. there was a movie where a guy had a micro, though, and it was basically like an ant on an ant mound. <laughs> and yeah. it just they showed it, and it was just like, that and it's just like a bush around it. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's when it's, we should call them peekaboos because there's not enough weight to f fall down, so they just poke straight out off the body. Well, you know what? Yeah. Away from that. Pivot. We will pivot from that. Always. Tell us a little bit about being an actor at such a young age. Uh, you know, I I just I knew what I wanted to do. So I was living in Michigan, and all my friends were taking their SATs and you know applying for colleges. And I was like, I'm I'm moving to LA. Like I want right. to be an actress. This is what I want to do. I don't want a fallback plan because I don't want to fall back on anything. I want to focus on my goal and my dream, and then I want to do it. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, one being my dad, was like, you know, you have to go to college. You have to. And I'm not I'm not saying like don't go to college. But I just for me like I won't push as hard maybe if I knew that I had something to like fall back on. So I moved to New York and then I moved to LA and it was uh, 
it was great because it's something again like I knew I had to succeed and I had to how, push. How long did it take you to really get a get a breakthrough though? You know, because moving and packing up and saying, you know what, the traditional life is it for me puts a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. the passion or the thing you want to do. For sure. I mean, it definitely. I got lucky in a lot of areas where I. One of the casting directors was like, "All right, well, you have to live in New York," and I go, "Great, I live in New York." And mm -hmm. they're like, "What? You said you just lived in Michigan." I was like, "Well, but you said I have to, if I." I want to be in the show, then I have to live in New York. Right. So I live in New York. Is that the yeah. answer you, you know you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I so I was like, that's I'm here. Like that's and he was like, okay. And then I got the job and wow. So whatever, whatever it took. Yeah, it had had to. You know, as athletes, we get money young. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about 21 young. Right. How young were you like when you had bread? I had done a few things. Like I did an Adam Sandler movie, just kind of roles here and there. I was mm. working on a soap opera, but again, like not a lot of money. So we would, <laughs> we had our electricity turned off a lot, of, um, and then we lived off of frozen taquitos. I would steal toilet paper from the job I was waitressing at, and it wasn't until I booked Friday Night Lights that mm. I started to have money, and I wasn't always in the red, because every time I'd get in the red, I would book like Grey's Anatomy, or I'd book Private Practice, or I'm like, okay, like, I, I got it. I love those shows, by the way. Thank those you. are excellent They're fun. shows. I loved them. But it wasn't until I booked One Tree Hill where I was like, oh my gosh, I've got $30,000 in my bank account. Like, I've never well, seen that I know you felt before. so rich, though, because when I had 30000 I felt super rich and poor at the same time because I was scared of losing it. Oh, so I just wanted to stick it under my mattress. Yeah. 30 grand now. You can't even buy you a new car. That's a huge It was 30 grand more than I ever had, though. Yeah, for sure. And now, now, now you're chilling with like Chad Michael Murray and yeah. all those people, and you're famous now, well, right? I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, I was on the show for about three and a half years, mm -hmm. and so it was incredible. And to your point, though, I never had the money. So, right. you know, my mom worked three jobs, divorced family, and so. Anything I ever wanted, I had to work for it and get right. it. So I bought my own car. I did this. And so I bought my own place. And so now it's like I almost have PTSD with money. So when I see it in my bank account, like I don't I don't buy myself anything because I'm about my kids, what I, you know, what they we want. We all dumb but, for our children. Yeah. But it's like for me, I'm like I get so scared that I'm like I'm afraid to not see that number anymore. And I don't want to have to see the red again. Isn't it crazy in today's society when you look at Instagram and social media, the influence and the perception of that is a lot bigger than what's in a, a lot of these people's bank accounts. When I was touring with Blake Shelton and Brad Paisley, I mean, I was on the tour bill. I was, you know, the, the, the opening act. I lost about a hundred grand on that. Really? So you have just, you just don't traveling? make money. Yeah, because it's wow. so expensive to tour. It's like I didn't make any money in music. Also, and people think they're like, but well, you're touring with the biggest acts. I'm like, yeah, but I'm also taking tour support for my label mm. because it's so expensive. Like I'm only getting paid three grand a show, well, my bus costs this much, and this right. is the bus, and I was like, so I get nothing. How does a girl from Michigan get into country music? Now, <laughs> I like, see, it. so I never understood that, right? Because I always felt like it was super regional, because I felt like you had to have an accent from the jump. Sure. Like, how are you going to sing country music <laughs> if you didn't grow up with an accent? I grew up listening to country music, okay. and then I always say this, too. Keith Urban's from Australia, Shania Twain's from Canada. Like good point. their country. No, How you make good point. Yeah, I got a little I have a little twang when I sing, but at the same time that was my influence. That's what I listened to. Right. But then at the same time I'm listening to Salt and Pepper and Eminem on, you know, on the next channel. So I go yeah. back and forth a lot. I mean versatility <laughs> is key. And so, you know, for for our show, you know, our show is called The Pivot. And as three black men that are married to black women who have gone through some of the things that you've gone through, being married to an NFL player, an NFL player who didn't treat them correctly. There's always been this thing in our culture that you don't hear these stories because black women feel like they have to protect black men. Mm. Black women feel like because of all the negativity that goes on, whether it's, you know, 
deadbeat fathers or broken homes and broken families, they always felt like they had to keep that close to the vest. And so generational. Generational. And yeah. so some of the things that you have shared is the true reason that we're here. So we, we talked about some of the good in your life, some of the accomplishments, mm -hmm. but the things that brought us here were things that you've shared that weren't that way, that mm -hmm. you had to rebuild from, that you had to start over. And when you come from success, right? People look at it like she's smart, she's talented, she can act, she can sing. That's the perfect life. Mm -hmm. And then you've shared that not everything from the outside perception is what it is in our home. Mm -hmm. That's different for us. Me and my wife were laughing about it the other day. Like, we could be beefing, but when we get out the car, nobody's going to know. And then we hop back in the car, and it's there. Mm -hmm. What has made you so open and so willing to share what you've gone through? You know, when you Google me, you'll see not just one marriage. But so when I was 19, I, I married a guy who was about 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Knew him for two weeks. We went to Vegas. Real stupid decision. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I had massive daddy issues. And your parents are divorced. They're divorced, okay. yeah. My parents got divorced. My dad cheated on my mom, mm -hmm. um, got divorced when I was 14. So, mm -hmm. like, I kind of witnessed everything, saw everything. You know, first time I saw my dad come back, and you know, as the first man that lied to me. And so it's just that all correlated into, you know, that's my childhood trauma. And yeah. I didn't realize that until later in life. But so I made some poor decisions when I was younger. And when I was 19, I met this older man. I married him. Again, knew him for two weeks. Went through a drive-thru in Vegas. Elvis married us. <laughs> And <laughs> I actually I actually met somebody that was yeah. talking about an Elvis wedding. We yeah. all just left Vegas working and I yeah. met somebody that got married at mm -hmm. an Elvis wedding. Yeah, it was it was not my like proudest moment in my life. But um I you know what I we went back to LA and I was like, obviously that was a joke, let's annul it. Well, long story short, I got trapped in a very abusive relationship and he ended up going to a jail for attempted murder hmm. on me. So I always wanted to share that story because I feel like I could have taken two roads and I've always wanted to have the platform to be able to share and help other people. And so when I did Dancing with the Stars, I was like, hey, I'd love to share this experience. And nobody knew. So like my mom found out that I married him when we went to court for the attempted murder trial. And how long did that last? The, the a year that and relationship? A half. And you, you wanted to get it annulled immediately. I did. Because I thought it was a, I, I thought it was we were joking around, but he was not joking around. So how does somebody keep you in that marriage that um, long? And and, I mean, and how hard is it to get through? that trauma. It was hard because it was like, I couldn't really tell anybody. And then right. I had to stop. My agent dropped me. My manager dropped me because I'd be bruised and I couldn't oh. show up for auditions. And so I had lost all my friends. So they alienate you. And then they also make you feel like you're the crazy one. Mm -hmm. So that's just like the cycle of abuse. And, you know, I just, I wanted to, to share that to help other people. Right. And then when I met my then ex-husband, you know, I shared my past with him and I shared, you know, my traumas, childhood wounds, all of that. And he had just gotten to another team at the time. And, and, and what's his name? Mike Cawson. Yeah, we played when he played. And we played when he played. But we had to look it up. Well, he didn't actually like play play. We know. So, it was kind of play play. But trust me, our house looked like he played play. So, right. that, that perception I'm glad again. You said that, though. And I'm like, my little platinum albums are in a corner. and But like all your jerseys, sorry, this that's is so popular. That's why he had Heisman's, didn't he? What do you have up? His high school jersey? We was on the team. I was in Washington when he was in Washington my last year, and I still don't know him. He was there, and it may be because he was only there for a month, and I was paying attention to football and not fourth string tight ends. Maybe that was why I didn't see him or know him, because like when the starters go, they go against the ones, right? The mm -hmm. people that's gonna actually play. Mm -hmm. And so maybe 
-hmm. he wasn't a part of that group. Yeah. I played for Jacksonville, the Jaguars. Oh, he, that was where his rookie year was. Right, and yeah. uh, I do a lot of work for the Jaguars. Okay. I cover the team, Okay. right? I'm always there. Okay. I never heard of him. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm not bashing him, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, this is, this I Googled him, I, they, I will, they I will say the it. one mean thing when I got, when we got divorced, not the one mean thing, I said some words, but like, Again, we had all his jerseys hung up, his house. And it's like, again, my two platinum records were just like in the corner upstairs in like a closet. And there was this picture of him playing, I guess maybe the one game he played. And I drew a little bubble and I was like, oh yeah, this is the one game that I played. Like you suck. And then I, and you drew I, a I, picture? I did, I did, I did. Sharpie. It was a really low moment. And That's I put it in his really desk and I was like, moment. here's your stuff. That's a great moment. Was it actually on the photo or was it a framed? No, no, I put it on, like I broke the f frame and I put it on, I did. I would say you're evil, but. I didn't touch the jerseys, okay? I didn't, I didn't touch, I, no. even though I, I shadow framed boxed them all, I did not, I did not touch his jerseys. But. No, I, I, I would never say that really. I mean, I, I think uh, you being as open and as vulnerable as you have been, that you're, you're helping women around the world who pretty much just tuck themselves in a the corner. Yeah. So I would never say you're evil. I appreciate and applaud you for being brave. You know, Thanks. that's what it's all about. That's the Freddie stuff right there, though. Right. So right. Oh, right. There. It was like hey, I really right. felt seen. Hey. It's, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> but I know Freddie. But what was Janet supposed to say? What she said. Thank you. <laughs> mind your business first and foremost. Hey, mind it's your, our show, look, bro. It's, it's the truth. That. I appreciate that. It's, so it's the you. truth. Thank you. I know. I, we mess with you, Freddie. We mess with you. Come on, bro. No, I, I appreciate it. I do. <laughs> As, as long as you've been successful, all you've done, the acting, the singing, just everything that people know you for, do you think in your relationships men are jealous of your success? I know, I know old boy is jealous of your success because he That's played That's why her platinum album was upstairs. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, when, when you told that whole story, I was like, so she has platinum and you're on the practice squad. Like, why, why isn't this different? <laughs> you know, That's crazy. it was very hard for him because when I met him, he was playing for Buffalo and then... He got dropped right away and then went to Washington. And then he injured his knee again. He was always injured. But it was one of those things where once he finished football, I was at the height of my career. So mm -hmm. Got the Boy was at the top of the charts and I was touring with the best people. And he made me feel bad about that. Right. Like it was, it's like, it's all about you and your schedule. And I'm like, well, I have to do what I have to do as well. And I was mm -hmm. filming movies. And so it was, it was very hard for him, but he used that as a reason for why he cheated, like in the beginning mm -hmm. of our marriage and during that time. And which is why I then took him back, because I'm like, okay, I can see how that was like hard on him, right. that I was rising and he was, mm -hmm. couldn't, because I can't imagine that's really tough. Like all you know is football and then they was take it, it away from you. Was it truly about him? Did you just want to make the marriage, the marriage work? You wanted to, you wanted so, to be there? Because it has to be hard that you, you feel like you're doing nothing wrong and you almost have to reconcile it to yourself or give yourself some acceptance mm -hmm. of his position in, in order for you to say, okay, I can take you back for the wrongdoing right. because I know that I've affected it in some way. I mean, I definitely acknowledge that like my, I was um, the one that was, you know, had the schedule. Like, that was because I was working and we mm -hmm. had a baby. And, but the reason that I stayed in the beginning was because our daughter was four months old when I found out about okay. the string of affairs. Mm -hmm. String mm -hmm. of affairs, what do you mean? I, I just, I had a feeling he was cheating on me. He was being, um, you know, man manipulating, gaslighting, verbally, like just very like abusive. And so I was just like, this doesn't feel right. And so my girlfriend was like, check the phone bill, go through it. 
And just a lot of numbers weren't adding up. And I started Googling some of them and they were not appropriate at all. And so then I was about to play a show. My best friend Catherine was with me and we FaceTimed him and I just pulled the, the girl trick. I know everything. So why don't you tell me before I, you know. Normally though, if y'all asking the question, y'all already know the answer Our anyway. gut knows. We don't know the real real, right. but our gut knows. Like I knew something was off. Right. Like a woman's gut is their best into like their best quality, their best superpower, I Why think. do I feel like y'all gut always think it knows something though? Cause it's always there, it's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, it really is though, like I knew, like it is there. Yeah, trust me. So did y'all run up on him or? So I FaceTimed him and I was like, you have five minutes to come call me back with everything because I know it all. So just, I'd like to know the truth. And then he told me that he met his one affair girl at his bachelor party. And then things started to add up more. And then we, I connected the dots more. And so, yeah, there was multiple. And for me, it was like, at that point in time, I was like, no woman is going to touch my child. Like, this right. is my child. This is right. my daughter. I understand that. This is my family. Right. And I saw a man that was willing to, to do the work. Where I faltered in that was for the five years after that and him coming back out of um, treatment was. So you say, you say treatment though. Then like, he went to sex addiction. He said he was a sex addict. I'm just gonna be honest. So crackheads. Sure. Crackheads are not turning down any level of crack. Sure. Like if a crackhead ain't got no money and you give him some like some crack you didn't stepped on, uh -huh. that crackhead will crunch that crack up and smoke it. If you got a sex addiction, you're supposed to hit anything. Because all you want is sex, like a crackhead. He didn't, well, he didn't sleep with, never slept with me. That was another issue. Like, I'm a very sexual person. He ain't got no sex addiction then. What, what happened? No, that's called sexual intimacy when you're not, you don't want to be intimate with the person that you love. It's called sexual anorexia. I've learned all about this. Stuff. Man, this, this is it. <laughs> is that enough? No, no, no. Isn't this excuses for cheating? No, it's like, hey, okay. when the homeboy on drugs and they steal your TV and they sell it, yeah. and then, then his people come over and like, no, he got an addiction. We gotta get him help. But then mm -hmm. usually you say, you know what? It's cool that he stole my TV because he has an illness, sure. right? Like when we, when we can turn things into an illness, people see it differently mm -hmm. than the fact that we have bad impulse control, sure. right? Or the fact that we have bad self-control or sometimes the, back, the fact that we're just bad humans. Mm -hmm. And so if we turn it into an illness, now it's a sickness, they wanna fix us, mm -hmm. right? You, you wanna give us the medicine or the elixir that makes us whole again, but that's really just, that's a farce. You know, I struggled with that, wondering what's an addiction, what's someone's personality. Right. I, I really have. Like, is someone just a sociopath and or a cheater or a liar or whatever? Mm -hmm. Or is it really, you know, for me, like, when I get stressed out, what's my ism? Like, what do I run to? Like, what is my thing? And some people have the, they go to alcohol and they drink too much or they mm -hmm. go to, you know, drugs and that's their way to coping. And some people's, it is sex. And I, I do believe in it, but I also think there is, it's bad when people are like, well, it's my it's my illness and that's just what it is right. and you know not taking any accountability what? or empathy for it. No, you're saying it though. Like it seems like an easy out. My dog Tiger Woods had to do the same thing. But no, he's Tiger Woods. He's on top of the world. Everywhere he walks into, somebody's throwing sex at him. Yeah. So he's catching it. You can you, you can block to, sex. If you have to pay for it and go to the lengths of that, I think there's that's a, a problem. Little, that's a problem, and that's where I kind of go. All right, maybe you did. And here's the thing, like, I really could give to you about watching porn. You want to watch yeah. porn? Watch porn. I've yeah. watched it before. Like, I don't care. But, like, when it's something where, like, hey, when porn wasn't enough, 
Now I want to do an affair. What, this isn't enough. So it's like the fix, like the okay. affair of the, the chasing the high. Yeah, chasing the high. And it's right. like, okay, now let's try an escort. And it's an escort or a prostitute. It's like right. it just that continues. And that's where I think there is a piece of some kind of I don't know illness, disease, well, think, or whatever that I, goes I, along I, with it. And many of us, you know, I could just speak for for myself. Uh, you know, I grew up with my parents, and I have mm -hmm. a, a great father, and he taught me a lot about life. Mm -hmm. He never schooled me on relationships. He just never did. He, he never said, this is the way you're supposed to treat a woman or, or cherish a woman. And so that is something that I can be honest that I've struggled with and understanding like, not it's not about how love looks to me, mm -hmm. right? It's about how do I love someone in a way where they know I love them, where mm -hmm. they feel I love them. I and it takes a ton of listening. We get the birds and the bees conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get how, how a baby's made conversation. Right. But that lasts... For me, not long. I don't know how y'all do. <laughs> well, everybody talks about birds and the bees. What about making your spouse happy? What mm -hmm. about fulfilling their needs? What's what the about love languages? And your love language might yes. be different. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys know that and talk about that. But it's right. like, you want to know how your wife wants to be loved. Well, you know, right. what makes her feel loved? Is right. it you helping out? Or is it your words? Is mm -hmm. it your time? Is it your affection? When you get into relationships, you know, like I've heard this in many conversations. It's like, okay. Like, first off, you just have to be kind. Mm -hmm. and, and because I think the rest of it, you, you get to learn along the way, if you're willing to learn. Yeah. There are some relationships you get to a point and everything, so it's like, you know what? Like, today ain't the day. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not necessarily ready to focus on you. And so you, you go through all these things and what finally got you to a point, you know? Because it sounds like you were just ready to forgive, ready to forgive, Did ready to forgive. Five, five years? I was married for six, together for seven, but yeah, I mean. But after every, the first time. Oh, it was every year there was something. So you did seven years of this. And that's where it's like, that's the part where I really beat myself up. I was like, I'm now weak. And I've never been a weak woman, but I thought that something would change. And that's where I was like looking in the mirror and I was like, you are the weakest person ever. Like you're mm -hmm. the weakest woman for continuing to see that they're gonna show, they're showing, he's showing, you who he is, believe him. He's mm -hmm. not changing. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna automatically change now, the, the sixth time I've found out something. It's not right. going to change. And I think having to wake up and realize that was really hard and well, having you, my friends sit me down. I know was, you mentioned earlier, you know, having a four month old mm -hmm. at the time, mm -hmm. but did your kids also play a part at, at that point as well? Well, I mean, the second time I wrote about this in our book, because again, we, we wrote a book together about Fighting the good fight, you know, like we like books and doing all this. I, you stuff. know, I was like, look, how am I going to turn into lemonade? I was like, because right. if we can help people and we can do this, like other couples can do this. But I was just so naive to what was going on behind behind really, closed doors. I don't really curse like that, but I'm not drinking Dookie lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I know. Just I was trying like, to. Make, I was trying to make an all Arnold Palmer, you know. And it was like, that sounds so much better. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. So, Jenna, so you said, you know, you were talking about, you know, uh, your ex-husband and being a sexual person. Channing has some deficiencies, hmm. huh? um, but he also says that no, he will jump I, off the no. end table. The what? And like role play and stuff like that. Listen, you, you ain't gotta have no big horse laid out on the table. You need a good average size swipe. Are you calling, do you, are you saying you have a small penis? No, 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 no. See, now you gonna do that? Now you gonna do that? <laughs> I didn't say nothing. So I call me I micro swipe. I have a micro swipe. I mean, there's a rumor that, you know, I, I, I once you go, you don't ever swipe. go back, you know, <laughs> for a reason. My wife's name Asia. We got a swing. 
We got. Oh wow, you're kinky. Fredda gave me a vibrating rose. Wow. <laughs> gave me a wand. What you do with the rose? I put the rose. I put it on the kitchen table because it had a hole in the top, and I put a candle in it. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Fred, that's why it's freaky. So early about freaky, that's where freaky comes from. Fred, okay. Fred is my sex savior. He, he, he kept everything hey, together. Hey, he your Moses. <laughs> he your sex Moses. Fred is going to lead you to the promised yeah. land. He's going to part the Red Sea. Married, oh, wow. my wife's name's Asia. So married for a long time. And then, yeah, Fred's parted the sexual sea okay. from me. And I'm like, Fred, where did these toys come from? He might make them at his house. I don't know where these toys come I've never seen them before, John. It's crazy. <laughs> Somebody that's honest about themselves. Yes. I don't know if I would want my wife to come out and say I have a micro swipe. You know. I saw something where your man oh now. Oh, my God. I, I saw that, too. No. You said the man has a micro swipe. I did not. Say, Just say that. Listen, I this is what this is what I said. Okay. Actually, I didn't even say it. My freaking producer said, what's there has to be something wrong with him. Does mm -hmm. he have a micro penis? And I'm like, funny enough, me and my girlfriends were joking around because I'm like, okay, he's a Navy SEAL. He's got an amazing body. He's hot. Like, there has to be something wrong with him. I'm like, he probably has a small penis. He probably has a small penis. Like, what am I going to do? But, but, he but does, all the let me just say, he does not. It's great. I love it. Okay? TMI. It's nice. Oh, TMI now? Oh, now you want to do TMI? Okay. We don't do TMI here. It is great. So it is not a micro penis. I can't do the small penis. that's what y'all girls talk about? Like, oh, he's awesome. I love him. Oh, my goodness, he's amazing. Yeah, the, the, the swipe don't even do nothing. Like, that's what y'all yeah, look for. The swipe for. ain't swiping. The swipe ain't swiping. Shannon, you can't keep continue trying to force that problem on that lady because you let got me that just problem. Say, I, have had, problem. I have had bad sex for seven years in my marriage, and I'm now having amazing sex. So oh, it is okay. very Because nice. you did say you can't do small penis anymore. Just, yeah, we catch everything. I'm, I'm just, and I'm gonna ask, but when somebody goes anymore, that means that they've dealt with micro penises and probably not just on like the occasional micro penis, <laughs> is that like I had to keep going back to that micro penis based on my responsibilities. Everyone likes different things. <laughs> oh, okay. I got you. You know how you know? The color of the condom wrapper. If it's pink or baby blue, it's tiny. Oh <laughs> Those are tiny colors, though. I know. Have you ever seen a baby small, blue? That's small yeah, colors. That's my homeboy, but I brought, let me get a rubber. Is this back what in, you guys talk about? Back like in, my in the old locker days. room? Is this yeah, what you yeah, guys yeah. like just yeah. in the locker room? Like, yeah. In the locker room back in the single days, you'll be like, hey, bro, you know, I got something lined up, man. You got a rubber I can hold. And they'll pass you, you a can't baby. can't hold the rubber. A you, baby. you have to give it, you can't give it back, Shannon. I will say, here's a question, and I will say this. This is something that my ex used to say that the locker room breeds athletes to cheat. He's a cheater. It doesn't breed anything to cheat. But don't there you guys, guys like be like, yeah, do you no, see no, that? There, 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 there are great men in a locker room. room. Right. I, hate, I, but I really do hate that concept that all the guys on the team. It's kind of like saying uh, weed is a gateway drug. I don't agree with that. Mm. Because you smoke that, weed don't mean you got to shoot heroin. That's yeah, true. That's but I, I think there are influences in the locker room. You know, some guys come in there, they want to keep up with the Joneses. They come to the stadium at the rookie year driving a Nissan. And then as they go, they want something bigger and bigger and bigger. But that doesn't mean they have to do it. I've seen guys drive a Toyota their entire career. T. Brack had a Camry for 12 <laughs> years. I was like, what the f*** is this? <laughs> he was getting six, seven million right. a year. Like, whoa. But I mean, it, it's yeah. an individual. At the very end of the day, you got to be strong. So that really. stigma needs to be squashed then. Yeah, it's who you want to decide to hang with. That's true. Every locker room, there's the old Mary established guys, second, third contract. And they yeah. just, they, they're working, they're grinding, they love ball. Mm -hmm. 
and they love their family. They're just normal dudes that yeah. have a good job. Yeah. Then there's a mid-tier guy that's still hanging out, but he ain't knocking down everything he sees. He's, right. you know, a lame dude from Wyoming with a big fat lineman. They ain't gonna get no sex anyway. <laughs> and then there's wild ones. So you walk in the locker room, fairly, you walk in the locker room, I would say your ex decided to walk to the corner of the guys that pull out, you know, a stack of ones on a Tuesday. Mm. You're like, why do you have 300 ones? Because I just left the strip club. Mm. I'll be honest with you, I was in the bad corner. Mm. And I knew the guys that walked in the locker room and came to the bad corner to tell you that it's not everybody. You, de- you decide yeah. to thing, take that path. The, the other thing is this, though. When you think about a locker room, it's my job to form some f- form of chemistry with Channing, even though I was married at 24. Because on Sunday, me and Channing got to go out and ball. And all of us can hang together. But when you hit the parking lot, like the parking lot is where it could end. Mm. I don't have to go do what he does. And don't get me wrong, I think a lot of us are the same and and the same when we grow up, but then it becomes decision-making. And I think women do this for people that they love. They want to give you an out. They need a reason. Because the reason of, you know what, I just made a bad decision, for some reason that makes women think it must be me. Even if a man is telling you, nah, I'm just a stupid mother effer. Oh, yeah. Many times I was like, do I need to have a bigger ass or bigger boobs? Or like, do do you need me to like, it's like, we always think it's our, like, yeah. What can we do differently to make you guys happier? Right. You know, and so when we say, nah, like, I just made a stupid decision. Like Channing and Fred can't make me do anything I don't want to do. They can't influence me. We all have choices in in life. Exactly. I know what I do and I choose to do X and you, you right. might choose to do nothing. It's like, we we have right. choices. That's where I, I'm like, no, you chose to walk in there. Right. You chose, like, you have a choice. So and that's where so I battle. The more stories that I guess we're able to create, it, it's pretty much like putting gas on the fire. So it fans the flame. Yeah. And you might just have a problem with, with lying more so than just having a problem with a sexual addiction. Saying, what did the mother effort do at the end that you was like, you know what? You done did 27 things that I was cool with. So that's the point I was I was yeah. really trying to get back to that. Yeah. Because earlier you say you wrote a book together, you, mm-hmm. you yeah. uh, do podcasting together, mm-hmm. and then you're a huge influencer. You have fans from all across the world. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's a perception that's created of you. Right. Because you're saying, I got to be strong, and we're doing these things, and you're showing them what you've gone through, mm-hmm. but yet you've forgiven them over a six year or five or six year period. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you thought your fans or your people would have just given up on you? I mean, I definitely had a lot of people saying like, they didn't understand why I kept staying, but I also, I would look at things like, okay, well, you got better at this or, or this was getting better. Mm-hmm. Or so I would start to then make excuses. And even right. towards the, the very last straw, I remember Catherine, my best friend, she was like, I was like, I just need the smoking gun. I need the smoking, like oh, he, he's, okay. he's lied about X, Y, and Z, had secret emails, this, that, and the other, but I need the smoking gun. I need to know that he physically had sex again. Cause that was like my thing. If you have sex again, like it was, it didn't, none of it makes sense then. Can I ask what the smoking gun is? Cause like after all you said, the smoking gun has to be so good. Physically cheating is a smoking gun for oh, me, you but know? You said evidence. Like, yeah, I like to say like, was it just you know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a text that say, hey, I'm gonna holler at you here. And then like you're saying, did you was there a video? Like what was like? I mean, did, I've, did this I've seen videos. Um oh, video. Anyways. So now that that's over. Yes. What's the story now? Like, how do you rebuild from that? How do you walk in here 
with a smile, hugging people, mm. excited about life, excited to sit down and have this conversation? I like that question, but I want to ask it a different way. Go ahead, so Your you can seem smart. I am smart. Don't seem smart. Don't short <laughs> me, baby. Don't short me. Because I recently seen your baptism, mm. right? Yeah. And you shared it publicly. Would you say that's your biggest pivot? Like, just being free, just mm -hmm. letting the world know that, look, I've shared all these things with you over the years, but now, here I am. I'm giving my, my life to God. I think I've, I always try to control, because obviously I've, I'm a mom and I've I have so much pressure to, to provide for them because I'm the sole provider and I want them to have an amazing life and I wanted to give them something that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And that was what hurt like the most too from that. And I think I've always just tried to control, control, control. And it's like realizing when I had to file and follow through with it that I had no control. And then I always too, like being alone and realizing that I actually never was alone. Mm -hmm, and right. when yeah. more I listened in church and opened my ears and opened my eyes to it, it was less like, I'm alone, but I'm, I'm not, I've never been alone. Mm -hmm. And he was just waiting for me to, you know, step into the faith and to step mm -hmm. in and, you know, know that like, he's got a plan for me and I just have to keep my head up and keep loving yeah. my babies and loving people around me. And, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that was kind of my moment where even to this day, like I still, you know, I still struggle with code parenting, but at the same time, it's like, I can't, you have a different reality than I have. Mm -hmm. And you're never gonna understand my reality, nor are you ever gonna give me empathy that I've prayed for for years in our marriage. So why am I still trying to control this person that will never give me mm -hmm. those things that I ask for yeah, and, or would I, love? And when you, when you get to experience so. that moment uh, as someone that's been baptized twice, when you get to experience that moment, it's a moment where you understand you're not in control anyway. Yeah, but it felt so nice. It was so, I was freedom. just like such a freeing moment. It's like, yeah, yeah. I still want to work really freaking yeah. hard and I'm going to pray and I'm going to work and I'm going to grind and I'm going to do everything I can. But knowing that I've got someone championing me yeah. right next to me feels really good. Did your first baptism not work? I I got baptized when I was a baby. So, so that was my, so this is technically my second too. So I got baptized when I was eight. Right? Okay. I, I tell y'all all the time. My mama was in church 365 days a year, 25, eight. And she just prayed and prayed and prayed. I was always at the Bible study. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was eight, like all my homeboys were getting baptized. And the, the questions that they asked, I understood. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like all of those things made sense to me then. And then you grow up and you go to college and you do these certain things. And I was always, you know, fellowship FCA. I'm always at fellowship of Christian athletes. I'm at every Bible study, all of these things. I get to the league and I was fighting myself. Mm. And it wasn't that it didn't take it was, that, it was that I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to understand what life was, and I wanted to choose Christ over the flesh when I knew what the flesh truly was. Like, that's, that's all it was, Shannon. Like, you don't have to act like that. I was just asking. I didn't know. I didn't know you had well, a dud. Like I know. I know some. This is when you, they fight. Some fireworks you light and they shoot up. There's some fireworks so you light and they're So let me ask you, dud. what what bothered you with him asking that? Oh no, he I'm just. Gonna, I'm gonna therapize you. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Janice, look at don't don't, don't direct. He's directing anger towards Janice. me, Janice. Now he you're deflecting. He's gonna he's gonna deflect, Janice. <laughs> Let let, let's deal with this. Let me tell you why. He picks on me constantly, right? So I don't have. Order. Do you pick on Freaky? 
No. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Freaky. You can't pick on Freaky because then he gives you vibrating stuff and I'm like, thanks, Freaky. No, I can't say yeah. no. Maybe he looks up to you. He does not look up to me, Jana. He might. I think that's No, he makes fun of me. No, people that make fun of you, what do you tell your kids? People that make fun of you want to be like you and they, they want to be your friend. You tell your kids all the time, people that make fun of you like you and when you little, he don't. No. He, he told me on the show, right, because I'm missing some organs, that all I had What do you have? I, I don't have gallbladder or appendix. What? <laughs> You know what? We're gonna move on to better things. Voices. All right, we'll listen to it on the way. And it Thank kind of oh, it's one of those songs that I can be honest, you know, there's women that's gonna listen listen to it and be like, man, like she went through it. And she mm -hmm. came out on the other end. But when we were driving over here, one of us, not gonna say who, thought to themselves, I think I can out sing her. Oh, absolutely. I'm not a great singer. Hold on. No. Do you want to go, though? No, because you, you'll beat me. I always say, I'm not a Give great us singer. Give us some, Shannon. Give us some. No, it seems like she's she backing up. I, you know what I'm saying? No, you don't fight no, nobody. No, I, will, I will parent off you, because I know, like, I'll, I'll say I'm a good singer, I'm a good actress, but I'm a great mom. Like, mm. so, but, like you can take the singing, because that's you, like... Can you I'm, give us a little bit still, though? I've got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I've got who's it and what's it galore. You want thing in the bombs? I've got twins. <laughs> Tony! Tony! You know what? But who cares? No big deal. I want more. And now, now, now she got another play. Oh, I want to see, want to see him dancing, walking around on those. What are you this? I love it though. Street. So we just talked. We talked about voices. You have a new song coming out. So not only do you sing, act, you also have a wine. Parent is number one, right? You're doing some more things. Tell us a little bit about that. So I have a song coming out called The Story, and it was actually a song that I wrote for the kids about kind of explaining the divorce to them. So it's like a, it's, it was incredibly hard to sing, but it's, it's basically like a lullaby in a, in a song. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, you know, at the very end, it's a good, it's, it's all ties up in a bow. Um, so I've got that coming out. Uh, it's called The Story. And then I have a wine, uh, One Brick Wines, which I'll send you guys. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, we, I, we you want white, so I got some white box? for you. Is it in a box or a bottle? No, only it's in a bottle. I'm a box wine guy. Box okay, we're going to fix that, okay? Okay. okay. You know we're what, send, fix me, that. send me like three cases so I can really taste it. <laughs> I got you, I got you, yeah. And then, That's just greedy, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I got you. And then, you know, I have a podcast called Wine Down. That um, I do. Do you so drink we, the wine on the wine? I now? don't because we do it like pretty early in the morning when the kids are at school. So go and get right. Yeah, I know. Don't worry, I wind down every night. Yeah, you so. be in the carpool, <laughs> like really chilling. People <laughs> honking the horn at you and everything. <laughs> when are we coming on the wind down? I'd love to have you guys on. That'd be so fun. Bro, I would love to. The wind down would never be the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> we would change, we would change the wind down forever. When this airs, we can have you guys on, and then we can talk about it, and then that yeah, would be, be beautiful. Fun. That'd be great. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yay, the foursome, the fab four. The fab four. <laughs> you now know that he's freaky, you and Channing have songs, you and, and I missing. are missing organs. Mm -hmm. Like, you're now kind of officially like the fourth part yay. of the crew, right? It's, right. it's like the, the pivot <laughs> featuring Jana. Thank you. So I'd love to so be a part of your show. Do, we're going to allow you 
to tell us what you want to leave the pivot with. What was your biggest pivot? Why did you make it? And how did you come out from it? I, I will have to say my biggest pivot was obviously filing for divorce. I made the decision because I knew that it was killing me. The stress, the anxiety, the how I was as a mom, like I wasn't happy. I wasn't light, I wasn't fun. I had distress and anxiety and worry and I became a version of myself that I did not like to look in the mirror at all. Like I did not like who I saw back. How would we know? I can say that by making that pivot, I know now how strong I am, how brave I am, how much better of a mom. And like, I'm who I'm supposed to have always been. And no matter where I end up, I know that I'm not alone. That's well, what it's about. Where you started is, is certainly not uh, where you're finishing. And yeah. we are so grateful oh. that you came to tell your story. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And Thank I now you. love football players. Ah, oh, we're back oh, in man. there. I'm never going to date another football player because that ended bad yeah, yeah. too in my dating career. <laughs> but I would throw this out there though because these stories you were telling me about these guys in your past, they kind of upset me. So I'll whoop somebody's ass if you need me. Thank you, baby. Yes, I got you. Like, well, hey, listen, if my, if my uh, boyfriend doesn't work out. He is a Navy SEAL, so you're gonna have to like get ready to like whoop him. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a, a few guys on him. <laughs> so. They're dangerous. You don't work out. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you. So you. You're strong as hell. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thank you. Yeah. There, there, goes. Goes there we go. There we go. It was the truth. Hold up. Limitless. Take a similar cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way up in the get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On this vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Nigga, send me cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way up in the get me up.